Welcome to the Movie Planet Podcast's Movie Playground Retrospective Episodes of Toy Story, Toy Story 2, and Toy Story 3. With Joe. Where is your honor, dirtbag? You are an absolute disgrace. There seems to be no sign of intelligent life anywhere. And Joel. Okay, save your battery. You're mocking me, aren't you? I have been chosen. Farewell, my friend. I go on to a better place. Welcome to the Movie Playground Movie Review Show, the place where we watch movies that at least one of us feels you must see before you die and let you know whether they're awful or so great they deserve a place in the pantheon, the head of the class, the hall of fame of movies of its genre. Sometimes we'll do standalone movies, sometimes we'll do trilogies, and sometimes we'll do entire franchises like now. But let's start with introductions. I'm your host, Joe, and with me is the Jesse to my stinky Pete, <laughs> Joel. <laughs> I'm just dumb and will believe anything. <laughs> And I fart in boxes. Nice. Boxes. Uh, <laughs> this week, we are continuing our Toy Story retrospective by talking about Toy Story 2 for the franchise genre. We will discuss each of the Toy Story movies in the coming weeks, starting with today's, well, not starting with today's show. We started last week with Toy Story, and decide whether this movie belongs in the pantheon of franchise movies. Now, the pantheon for franchises is comprised of seven and only seven films per genre. Currently, there are five franchises in the franchise pantheon. So regardless of what we graded today, it's going in. And those five franchises are, in order from greatest to least, are the Tolkien Saga, the Star Wars Saga, the Alien franchise, the Jurassic Park franchise, and the Die Hard franchise. We now, took a lot of franchises, huh? Well, funny thing is that we're going to have seven filled up in about four weeks. Good. Because Ruth. we'll have the Toy Story franchise and the Evil Dead franchise put in here also. Oh. Then we can start playing the game of, when we do a franchise, which one do we kick out? Well, right now it looks like Die Hard. Die Hard, right. So, yeah, it's like a C-plus average right now. Now, it should be also noted that these movies are candidates for the animated film genre, where the movies in that pantheon are Toy Story and Fantastic Mr. Fox in that order. Ah, boo. Firmly disagree. Well, we'll see. You know what we need? We needed JC's uh, grade on there. They probably could have bumped it even further. No, we need Sam's grade. <laughs> Sam likes Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yes. We'll see how Toy Story 2 measures up to those two films. Now, the higher the grade we give it, the longer it may be staying there. Only a film with a higher grade can kick it out on its ass from the Pantheon in the future. So we will discuss the movie, and in an hour or so, we will analyze it and grade it. This is a spoiler-rich podcast, so if you haven't seen the movie, get off the podcast and listen to the movie. Uh, or go watch the movie and then listen to us. Also, and what have you been doing? Exactly. It's Toy Story 2. Toy Story 2. Uh, download us on iTunes and Stitcher and like us on Facebook and Instagram. You can also find us on Twitter at Movie Playground. Email us with any questions or suggestions you may have for us at themovieplayground at gmail.com, including movies you want us to do. Now that we've handled that business, now let's get to our movie of the week. Joker, give us a trailer. And here we go. What's on? Too late. I'm in the 40s. Gotta go around the horns. Faster. Town area. What? He's stealing Woody. What? Somebody do something. Woody was kidnapped. Woody once risked his life to save me. I couldn't call myself his friend if I were willing to do the same. I'm packing you your angry eyes just in case. Let's move, move, move! Don't talk to any toy you don't know! We'll have to cross. 
You're not turning me into a mashed potato. I may not be a smart dog, but I know what roadkill is. Drop! freaked out now. What are we gonna do, Buzz? Use your head. But I don't want to use my head! Hold on. The toys are back in town. Woody saves the day again! And just trying to get home. <laughs> it isn't a real rescue without Buzz Lightyear! In one piece. <laughs> We've been down this aisle already. We've never been down this aisle. It's pink! Back it up, back it up! I'm a married spot. I'm a married spot. Oh! I'm going to let go of the wall. Oh. What? He would. Ah! One. He would. Yeah. Two. Tom Hanks, Tim Allen, Toy Story 2. Right like the wind, Bullseye. That's the trailer right there. We oh, this week we are talking about 1999's Toy Story 2, a movie made for just 90 million dollars, which is a heck of a lot more than Toy Story was, and it raked in 497.4 million dollars. So apparently, people saw Toy Story and were like, Hey, that's good. They saw Bugs Life, they're like, Wow, that's really good. And they went, Toy Story 2, yes, please. Um. Yeah, this movie was uh, directed by John Lasseter again, written by Andrew Stanton, Rita Shaw, Doug Chamberlain, Chris Webb, Pete Doctor, and Ash Brandon. No sign of Joss Whedon. He's not in this one. Oh. Yeah. Starring Tom Hanks as Woody, Tim Allen as Buzz Lightyear, Joan Cusack as Jesse, Kelsey Grammer as Stinky Pete, Don Rickles as Mr. Potato Head, Jim Varney as Slinky Dog, Wallace Shawn as Rex, Wallace Shawn, John Ratzenberger as Ham, yeah. Annie Potts, <laughs> Annie Potts yeah. as Bo Peep, es- Estelle Harris as Mrs. Potato Head, <laughs> Mrs. Costanza, <laughs> come back to find you're treating your body like it's an amusement park, Wayne Knight as Al McWiggin, Newman. And Jody Benson as tour guide Barbie. <laughs> now, let's also note, uh, or actually, it's probably in your notes. Let's What's keep that? going. Okay. Now, according to our good people at Rotten Tomatoes, this also has a tomato meter reading of 100%. Mm. The critics, on average, gave this film an 8.6 out of 10, which is actually higher than Toy Story. The audience score, which is the average rating the audience gave this film, is a 3.5 out of 5, with 86% agreeing it's a 3 or higher. So the audience is a little bit more critical on this one. Uh, we're going to dig deep into a segment called Inception to Perception, where I dig deep into the research to find out how this movie started as an idea and made its way to the big screen. Don't get on the set, get ready to shoot, and then ask for rewrites. Studios do this crap all the time, and they wonder why they end up with a shit movie. Smoke and mirrors, guys! Welcome to the movie factory. Movie? You know, I hate the word movie. I don't make movies, I make films. Okay, well, talk of a sequel began about a month after Toy Story filmed opened. Uh, in December of 1995, Ed Catmull, John Lasseter, and Ralph Guggenheim visited Joe Roth, successor to recently ousted Jeffrey Katzenberg, who was a pain in the Toy Story ass. Apparently. Uh, yeah. Uh, 
Roth was pleased and embraced the idea of a sequel. Disney had recently begun making direct-to-video sequels, though, to its successful movies. And Roth wanted to handle Toy Story sequel the same way. He wanted to go direct-to-video. Okay. Uh, uh, as well as prior, re- uh, pri- prior releases, such as 1994's Aladdin sequel, The Return of Jafar, had returned an estimated $100 million in profits. I remember seeing that. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, initially, everything regarding the sequel was uncertain at first, including whether stars Tom Hanks and Tim Allen would even be available or affordable. What the story, which is funny because you think about Tim Allen, how could he not be affordable back then? Right. Uh, what the story, prem- uh, and they didn't know what the story premise would be and even whether the film would be computer animated at Pixar or traditionally at Walt Disney feature animation. If you remember, they had a big battle as to who would own the movie. That's right. Uh, Lasseter regarded the project as a chance to groom new directing talent as top choices were already immersed in other projects. Uh, Andrew Stanton had done A Bug's Life, and Pete Docter was an early development work for a film that would eventually become Monsters, Inc. So this is like a dream team that came together in Toy Story. Uh, Instead, Lasseter turned to Ash Brannon, a young directing animator on Toy Story whose work he admired. Brannon was a CalArts graduate. He joined the Toy Story team in 1993, Disney and Pixar officially announced the sequel in a press relief in 1997. Now, the story, Lasseter's intention with a sequel... What happened there? That's the air conditioning. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, ...was to respect the original film and create that world again. The story originated with him wondering what a toy would feel upsetting. How a toy would feel if it were not played with by a child, or worse, a child growing out of a toy. Brandon suggested the idea of a yard sale where the collector recognizes Woody as a rare artifact. The concept of Woody as a collectible set came from the draft story of A Tin Toy Christmas. Uh, The obsessive toy collector named Al McWiggin, who had appeared in a draft of Toy Story but was later expunged, was inserted into the film. Lasseter claimed that Al was inspired by himself. (laughs) (laughs) Secondary characters in Woody's set were inspired by 1950s cowboy shows for children, including Howdy Doody. The development of Jesse was kindled uh, by Lasseter's wife, Nancy, who pressed him to include a strong female character in the sequel, one with more substance than Bo Peep. That shiny <laughs> sheep herder. That, that harlot. Yeah. <laughs> the, she got a little sultry in this film. Yeah, 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 she did. And uh, she was, But she also was in Toy Story, too. You know, yeah. We can talk later, Woody. Yeah, but she was also like, Give me, give Woody this for me when you see him. And she's like, kisses Buzz, like, dang, Bo. Yeah, giving it away to everybody. Uh, <laughs> Have some decency. The scope for the original Toy Story was basic and only extended over two residential homes, whereas Toy Story 2 had been described by Unkrich as something all over the map. Now, to make the project ready for theaters, Laster would need to add 12 minutes or so of material and strengthen what was already there from the script. The extra material would be a challenge since it would... It could not be more padding. It would have to feel as if it had always been there, an organic part of the film. And with the scheduled delivery date less than a year away, Lasseter called in his dream team and some Disney story people to his house for a weekend. There, he hosted what he called a, quote, story summit, a crash exercise that would yield a finished story in just two days. Which is weird because you think you don't have much time on a story. It's going to be an inferior film. It's actually a better film than Toy Story. Yeah. Uh, back at the office that Monday, Lasseter assembled the company in a screening room and pitched the revised version of Toy Story 2 from exposition to resolution. Story elements were recycled from the original drafts of the first Toy Story. So the ideas that they threw away in Toy Story, they put in Toy Story 2. Their garbage ended up succeeding. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, I mean, 
No, we'll get to it. Yeah. We'll get to it. The original film's original opening sequence featured a Buzz Lightyear cartoon playing on television, which evolved into the Buzz Lightyear video game that would be shown in the opening Toy Story 2. A deleted scene from Toy Story featuring Woody having a nightmare involving him being thrown into a trash can was incorporated in a milder form for depicting Woody's fear of losing Andy. The idea of a squeak toy penguin with a broken squeaker also resurfaced from an early version of Toy Story. I love squeaker. Wheezy? Wheezy. <laughs> Wheezy F baby. Uh, I'm going to skip down here because there was massive problems with what happened here. There was really? more problems on this than there was in the last one. That's... Uh, including a lot. The, the overwork spun out into carpal tunnel syndrome for some of the animators uh, and repetitive strain injuries for others. What? Oh, yeah. Catmull would later disclose that, it, quote, a full third of the staff ended up with some form of RSI uh, by the time the film was finished. No way. Pixar did not encourage long hours and, in fact, set limits on how many hours employees could have worked by approving or disapproving overtime. So they were like, we can't have any more injuries. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, now the music. Toy Story 2, an original Walt Disney Records soundtrack, is the original score soundtrack album to Toy Story 2. Although out of print in the U.S., the CD is available in the U.S., all tracks were written by Randy Newman, except for two songs. When She Loved Me, which is performed by Sarah McLaughlin, uh, and Woody's Roundup, which is performed by Riders in the Sky, uh, the film carried over one song from Toy Story, which was You've Got a Friend in Me. Uh, but something I'm going to mention later is I feel like When She Loved Me, although it's a great song, it, it feels completely out of place in this movie. Yeah. I can't even remember it. It, it. Every time I hear it, I'm like, it's a beautiful song, and I get its point, but I'm like, it's not Randy Newman. This is a yeah. Randy Newman feature. With this movie needed more Randy. Yeah. Do you remember the first time you saw this? I saw this on Thanksgiving, I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. And, uh, the year it came out. I remember uh, my dad's work, they would always do... Uh, thing at the older theater in our town or it's like on Thanksgiving yeah. or the day before Thanksgiving or Christmas Eve. I can't remember. One of those holidays. They're all the same, to be honest. I think it's Christmas <laughs> Eve. Uh, you could go to the Real to Real in Johnson City, R-E-A-L to R-E-E-L yeah. um, theater, and they would just do a movie day in the, in the like early morning. And I remember seeing this in theater. Like I can still like play through like getting up early walking into the theater like the daylight and going in and seeing a movie and coming out and it still being daylight. Okay. Um, I loved it. This is honestly, I've always seen this as my favorite Toy Story. Is it? Yeah. But I think this is also because this is the one I saw in theaters. Okay. You also, yeah, you made a good point. You like, you grew up with this series. You were yeah. the same age as Andy in every single iteration right. of this. Yeah. Uh, so I'm assuming that when you saw this as a teenager, 1999? Eight years old. Okay, so you're close. Yeah. <laughs> Eight, nine. Yeah. Just, I mean, I, was, I just turned nine. Yeah. By that time, I mean, you're playing with action figures, but you're not holding on to them with your life. Right. I'm going to camp. I wasn't going to cowboy camp, but no. I was going to camp. Uh, I saw this in theaters, and I remember leaving not happy. Really? Yeah. And I don't know if it's because I was too old at that point. Uh, something didn't sit right with this. And I don't know what it is. I still don't know what it is. Uh, I've got I've got one thing that I say later that a uh, nick in the film I have, but it's more just an uh, an opinion piece on Jamie somebody. Fox. It, <laughs> Jamie Fox is wheezy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let's go into the synopsis here. Uh, I I neglected to put the very first part of this movie, which is kind of an ode to Star Wars. They have very Star Wars elements in the song there, but this is a Buzz Lightyear video game. Yeah, it's the inside of Buzz Lightyear's video game, running around. Uh, we get to see him in his element for the first time. 
and finally get a little more information on what the kids were going nuts for in the first film. I'll be honest with you. When I first saw this, I thought it was another uh, Andy's playing with the toys, and this is imagination. Yeah. But it turns into Rex playing video games. (laughs) (laughs) With his little arms. Which is one of, that's honestly one of my favorite parts of the movie. And I remember that being a favorite as a kid is when you have Rex playing video games of Buzz (laughs) and he's super mad that he can't beat Zorg. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the fact, first of all, it's very jarring when you watch, because you're watching, you're like, okay, I can see a kid taking his uh, his Buzz Lightyear and kind of walking around with it. And it's like, oh, he's going through the canyons. That's what he's yeah. doing. And that's what he's seeing in his mind. But then when Zerk shoots him and he turns into a pile of dust, the story still goes away. They're like, what just happened? Oh, it's a video game. All right, yeah. cool. But then um, after that, the movie begins. Yes. Uh, Woody's excited to be going to cowboy camp with uh, Andy, which is a yearly event. Yearly event that they have together, but before they leave, Andy accidentally rips Woody's arm. Oh, snap. Andy cannot fix Woody, so rather than take him to camp, he leaves Woody behind. Damn. Yeah. That sucks. But at the same time, you remember, you tore, you tore a toy. It was over. Yeah. <laughs> it was done. Yes. <laughs> um, the next day, Andy's mom had a yard sale, and almost all of the toys panicked uh, that they're going to be sold. However, the one that's in real danger is the squeak toy penguin we were talking about named Wheezy, <laughs> uh, whose squeaker is broken. Uh, Woody talks to him, and Andy's mom had actually said, I'm going to get it fixed. And Wheezy's like, that's just something she says so that he doesn't get sad. She never got me fixed. Um, but Woody manages uh, to call Andy's dog Buster, who looks like Slinky Dog, but a real dog, and gets Wheezy back in the house. However, Woody is left outside and is soon found by Al McWiggin, one of my favorite characters in this whole franchise. Wayne Knight. Wayne <laughs> Newman Knight, the Newman. owner of Al's Toy Barn with those Cheeto fingers. <laughs> that's the, man, that's the one thing I took away. Hello, Jerry. Buy <laughs> <laughs> <Fire> weed. <laughs> but what happens is Andy's mom quickly plucks Woody from the collector's grasp, saying that Woody is not for sale. When Andy's mom turns her back, though, Al manages to steal Woody out of a locked box of money Newman. and quickly rushes off. <laughs> the toys have seen this. <laughs> the toys have seen this from Andy's room, and Buzz rushes outside to rescue his friend. However, the vehicle pulls away, not before leaving behind a feather. Buzz also notices the license plate, which reads... L-Z-T-Y-B-R-N. Liz, Liz Tyburn? Toy L- Barn. L- Luz. Al's Toy Barn. Al's, Al's Toy Barn. Al's Toy Barn. Al's Toy Barn. <laughs> Al's Toy Barn. That makes sense. Okay. And they've seen him on the TV. Um, this is already starting off showing that the main characters now care for each other. Yes. And they don't hate each other like they did at the beginning of the other movie. There is no animosity at this point. No. Uh, and there isn't any animosity throughout this film. No, they like each other. They're, they're all best buddies. Everything was solved after the first movie. In fact, I'm kind of wondering, what's the problem here? <laughs> At the toys, we've got Cheeto Sticky Fingered Al <laughs> taking toys that don't belong to him to the toy barn. Yeah. Uh, but now, the beginning, I do like this because you see uh, Woody is now selfless in going to save another toy. Yes. And then when he gets in trouble, Buzz is now selfless in going, well, he was always trying to be the superhero. Uh, but now he knows he can't fly. But back in Andy's room, um, the toys review the events that just unfolded while Buzz uses Mr. Spell to help him <laughs> decipher the license plate. Finally, he, he realizes it is Al's toy barn. Um, yeah. Uh, 
everything. I I love Andy. Everything has a function to the story. Yeah. Like every character, there's not a character in Andy's room that's like that's the forgotten toy. Except, but like you know who really doesn't serve a purpose? No, Bo Peep. Does First of all, know? why does Andy have a Bo Peep sister? Oh, but the sister's a baby. Yeah. Um. <laughs> um, maybe it was his mom's. It's an older toy. Oh well, maybe it was his mom's handed down. Where's dad? You know, dad has been missing for quite some time. Was he in the third? Uh, he's not in the third. And you know who else's dad wasn't around? Sid. Sid's dad. Oh. So we're getting like the it, single mother, <laughs> single mom. We need to check for a ring on old uh, Andy's mom's. Family. Yeah, because she's kind of cute in Toy Story three. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the one I've only seen once, but we'll get to that next week. Yes, we will. Uh, meanwhile, Woody finds himself in an apartment, and once Al leaves, meets three other toys, a horse named Bullseye, a cowgirl named Jessie, and an in-the-box, never-been-opened mint condition called the Prospector. <laughs> Stinky Pete! Stinky Pete! <laughs> Each of the toys is ex- really excited to see Woody. He has no idea who they are. <laughs> uh, but they show him Al's apartment where Woody, su- where Woody soon learns that he was once a star of a popular children's show called Woody's Roundup, which is why Al kidnaps him. This, I don't like this turn for Woody. You like that he's oblivious? I, well, not that he's oblivious, but that he embraces the celebrity so much. Yeah, you think he'd be more of a, this feels off. Yeah, like when he when he, later on when he meets up, well, we'll talk about later on because I, I there's there's a turn he makes where I'm kind of like that's not the Woody I remember from Toy Story. Yeah, but anyway, now but as a as a young kid, I remember watching this being like, oh yeah, people like to be liked. Mm-hmm. Woody's being manipulated, but he, people like to be liked. Yeah, and you were almost happy for him too. Um, we were just dumb kids believing in anything. <laughs> um, it is funny, though. We have been to more places already in the first half hour than we were in the entire Toy Story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think that's what I liked about that, oh, man. The first, the first movie just gave me such weird, uneasy feelings as a kid, but mm-hmm. I think it was meant to make it. It was almost like a thriller. Like, Toy Story is almost like a thriller in the children's genre. But you can also see, they threw money at this thing yeah. because it looks great. It really does. Like the, the shot with Wheezy when they're on the shelf Wheezy. and you see the dust. That's not happening in the original Toy no, Story. No. There wasn't a dusty thing in that room. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, back at Andy's place, the toys scan the television for uh, Andy for a commercial advertising Al's Toy Barn, which is a great thing. <laughs> Rex is going one channel at a time and Ham goes, Aaron, let me do it. And he just starts <laughs> clicking. He's like, and they have the microphone. He's like, how do you know what's on? He's like, I'll know. <laughs> Just clicks through all of them like a man. Yes. Uh, I guess typical home improvement man from the 90s. Um, Etch-A-Sketch takes down the location once they find the commercial, and Buzz jots it down on a post-it note. A rescue party is assembled, comprised of Buzz, Potato Head, Ham, Rex, and Slinky Dog. Buzz tells the others that they'll return before Andy comes back from cowboy camp. I would want, I, I was also wondering, why isn't R.C. involved in this? Because he seems like oh, he'd we be there pretty so valuable. <laughs> Very good point. Yes. Um, does RC appear in this movie? I don't think so. I don't, I don't see him anywhere in this. I remember having an RC. They're driving a car around the toy barn. Oh, poor RC. RC should have been there. You think they lost uh, merchandising rights? I think so. Maybe. Meanwhile, Woody has been watching episodes of the old television show in Al's apartment, but is shocked when one of the episodes ends on a cliffhanger. The prospector tells Woody that once public attention turned to the astronauts, Cowboys were out and space toys were in. Oh, shit. We're in Toy Story again. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to, I, that never connected to me. 
Woody's moods Woody's mood soon sours when he learns that the entire collection of Woody's Roundup merchandise, as well as the four of them, are about to be sold to Kenishi Toy Museum in Tokyo, Japan. Um, of course. <laughs> Woody says that he can't go. He has to get back to Andy. Andy's a good kid. He's Andy's my boots. He's my owner. <laughs> the prospector explains the museum will only accept everything if Woody is included. Otherwise, the entire collection, including Bullseye, Jesse, and the prospector, will go back into storage, a situation that gets Jesse very upset. Now, is this after the collector uh, shines up Woody? I think it is before. It's before? It's before. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Because, uh, yes, yes, because suddenly Al returns, intending to get a group photo to send the toy museum. In the process, that's when he pulls off Woody's right arm. Okay. Al takes the arm, calls the repairman, while Woody freaks out over the loss of his arm. Yes. Which is a great Tom Hanks freak out. No, it is. It, but it also... The, the, the cleaning up scene of this toy bothers the hell out of me. Why? I have an issue with eyes. Oh. And when that little brush starts when polishing that, the eye... When that Q-tip touches the eyeball, does I that bother you? I was not feeling that at all, dude. I was like... Get it away from his eye! Because here's the thing. <laughs> if there's a real eyeball, those threads from the Q-tip would stick. Oh. I'm, I just wanted to see what I can do to make Joker cringe. Nah, I've got I'm a not... friend, my friend Jordan, the other one that's a Green Lantern fan. Yeah. There are two things that bug him out. Talk about eyes. He used to be a, like mesmerized watching me put in context. He's like, I just don't see how you do it. I don't it. know how y'all do this. He's like, I don't see how you do it. And he also hates anytime you say catheter <laughs> or urethra. If you ever want uvula, if you ever want Richard, <laughs> if you ever want to, Richardson to leave a room, well, am I supposed to say last names? Yeah, ever, we all forgot. No one's. Yeah, listening. exactly. <laughs> Doesn't matter, Monty. No one's listening, anyways. Rico, we'll call him Rico. Best color man in the business. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't. Uh, he doesn't like anything. Talk about the pee hole. Um, <laughs> but later that evening, going back to the movie, yeah. Al returns to the main room and falls asleep watching TV. Woody notices that his arm is in Al's pocket and attempts to get it back. However, the VCR suddenly turns on. What? What? <laughs> Startling Al and his Cheeto fingers, what? foiling <laughs> Woody's plan as he leaves the room. Al leaves the room and Woody notices the VCR remote near Jesse, prompting him to accuse her. Jesse does not take this lightly and gets into a fight with Woody before the prospector breaks up their scuffle. Well, okay. Allie's the room and Woody notices the VCR remote near Jesse, prompting him to accuse her. There's a lot of like knee-jerk reactions in this that if you just sit back, like where is Woody's patience in the problem? Like I always saw him as the level-headed person that's going to be yeah. like, okay, I, I fi- I've learned my lesson in Toy Story. I'm back to being the moral center. And it seems like everybody's just like... Do you think it's because he's kidnapped? He's starting to freak out a little bit more? Might be the kidnapping. Uh, but he's also not really asking about his... like say, he's, He hasn't said, I've got to get back. He said yeah. it once, and then he's like, okay, I'm kind of buying into the fact that I'm a celebrity. Yeah. But he's just trying to get his arm back. To escape, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But you can, so I guess the thought is... I like is, Bullseye. Bullseye's a good character. Yeah. Here's the thing. I liked Jesse until yesterday. Until yesterday. Until yesterday. <laughs> what happened yesterday? I well, yesterday I realized that cartoons aren't real people. And the last time I saw Toy Story 2, I was a child mm-hmm. and I didn't know that people were doing voices, except for maybe Tim Allen and Tom Hanks. Yeah. And John Ratzenberger. He's if I ever die, have him or John Lovett narrate my life story. <laughs> I'm bringing Morgan Freeman in. <laughs> no, I don't want him. I want Ratzenberger. I want Lovitz, or I want Gilbert <laughs> Gottfried. His name was Joel Schrock. <laughs> Watch it. I'll edit that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Remember that timestamp. Yeah. Um, 2740. <laughs> <laughs> he was a good man. <laughs> he did not take kindly to being interrupted by his students, but he meant well. <laughs> you want Gilbert Gottfried? Yeah. yeah. Dude, I would love Gilbert. It's, uh, he was a quiet man. Yeah. <laughs> or uh, David Putty. Um, <laughs> um, that's, that's Joel. He's yeah. Good. He's good. Yeah. He's, uh, he's a good guy. He's all right. He's all right. <laughs> Devil's fan. No, got to do, do it for the team. <laughs> the next morning, Buzz and the other rescuers finally reach Al's toy barn and split up to find Woody. Buzz's journey takes him down the Buzz Lightyear aisle where he sees multiple versions of himself. And I think multiple is conservative. I would say hundreds. What the hell toy store is he in where that many are on a shelf like that? Like that, that hasn't happened since Turbo Man <laughs> and Tickle Me Elmo. There have not been that many toys in one place. Um, the display... Um, sorry. Yeah. Um, noting a display toy. Where he sees multiple versions. Noting that yeah. a display toy with a new anti-gravity belt, Buzz attempts to take the belt for himself. But the display Buzz, who also has consciousness, grabs him and subdues him. Much like the Buzz in the first film, the other Buzz assumes he's a real space ranger. <laughs> the deluded Buzz steals the real Buzz in a Buzz Lightyear box. He seals him. Not steals him. Seals him. Seals him. An important distinguished to make. Um, <laughs> when the others came along, they assumed that the deluded Buzz is their friend somehow. They're like, oh, you just went back, which is, I think, a point you're going to make later. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, deluded Buzz goes off with the others as real Buzz struggles to get out his packaging prison. I'm conflicted at this point because when they first go down the aisle, uh, you see all the Buzzes, and my first instinct is they're doing what every sequel does, which is take what was funny and magnify the funny yeah. and do the same thing over and over again. And lo and behold, they did. They have the buzz playing the Woody role here and the diluted buzz playing the original buzz role. Yeah. And then I thought, you know, you can never have too much Tim Allen. Yeah. It, <laughs> <laughs> I love Tim Allen dealing with himself. I do love seeing the buzz character realize how stupid he sounded. It's a light. <laughs> <laughs> Back at Al's, the toy cleaner comes and fixes Woody, repairing his arm, then uh. cleaning him and touching up his paint on his bald spot and <laughs> cleaning his eyeball with a Q-tip. Ah! That one was for Joe. Thank you for that. The cleaner paints over the Andy drawing on the bottom of Woody's boot. Uh-oh. In uh, pretty flimsy paint, by the way, as we see later. It's not very smooth. <laughs> um, making Woody look just like new, and he really does. He looks pretty popping. Mm-hmm. Al then takes the photos he needs, goes off to his toy store to fax the new information over to Japan. I would have liked after this for when the when all the original toys, the Andy Andy's toys, go to see Woody. They mention something like, or Ham says something like, "You look fantastic. Did you get a makeover? <laughs> something like that." Oh yeah, no, no one notices, do they? No. In fact, if you don't have that scene in there, it doesn't make a difference in this film. It's, the only thing that it adds is that now Woody's like. Maybe this isn't so bad. Yeah. Okay, so he, it's his buy-in factor. Yeah. All right. Um, Woody is ecstatic to be whole again um, and intends to leave, much to Jesse's ire. Uh, <laughs> the prospector tells Woody that maybe he should patch things up between the two of them before he goes. Woody tries to tell Jesse how great Andy is. Jesse tells them that once she had an owner as well named Emily, which is kind of a heavy scene. It's a very heavy scene. <laughs> Toy Story likes to get heavy. And it actually magnifies the heavy in Toy Story 3. 
because it was a very similar moment in Ooh, Toy Story 3. I forgot about Toy Story 3. Yeah. So, that's the sad one. That's, uh, the, that's the one where Pixar realized, you know, we can get them in the fields now. Yeah. Yeah. Because we were all invested. Because Jessie flashes back to her experiences of being loved, forgotten, ultimately abandoned by her owner, Emily. Uh, that Oh, that's when the Sarah McLaughlin yep. When She Loved Me song played. <laughs> because if you want to make people sad, whether it's an ASPCA commercial or a toy not being played with, you bring in Sarah McLaughlin. <laughs> an angel. Fly away. <laughs> Those commercials suck. Oh, they make me sad. Puppies with eye boogers and <laughs> three legs. Um, Curtailed. Yeah. <laughs> Um, this is the memorable cinema tearjerker montage depicting how Emily grew up. Jessie was put aside for nail polish and finally tossed into a donations box never to see her owner again. I did not care at all, though, in this scene. Really? Because Jessie annoyed me. Is it because it's Joan Cusack? It, no, no, because I didn't know it was Joan Cusack originally. Yes, that's my thing. Oh, that's, we never even got to that part. Yeah. The reason I, didn't, I don't like Jessie now is because I can't hear Jesse say anything without picturing the Dean of Students from School of Rock <laughs> singing Stevie Nicks in the dirty bar. Je- 17. Jesse, for me, is the most irritating character in Toy Story because she's so overly excitable. And I can't, I don't know, how old is she supposed to be? Is she younger than Woody? Is she supposed to be older? Are they the same age? Same age, I guess. Because there's times when he talks to her and you feel like it's supposed to be like a younger version of the toy set. Yeah. And then there's others where they're like, they have a tickle fight. And you're like, what is, where's Bo Peep? <laughs> yeah. Um, hey. It, everything Jesse does is so over the top. And you already have Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. You don't need more over the top. You're good. Well, we'll find out soon that Jesse gets a little Buzz Lightyear too. Yeah. Um, but this scene, the the when she loved me scene, I think, first of all, it's a very beautiful scene the way it's filmed. Yeah, it is. It is a good scene. I don't like things that make me feel. So that probably means it was good. If you want to see where the template to the first five minutes of Up came from, it started with this. I still have not watched all of Up because my brother said it made him cry. Oh, you did the first five minutes. You're good. That's Up. I think that's what I've seen. It's kind of like when people say Rogue One's a great film because they remember the last five minutes of the movie. Is the first five minutes of Up the same as the last five minutes of The Notebook? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That, when that old lady's like, that was us. That yeah. was us. Like, it oh, was us. Alzheimer's is sad. Coming in January, The Notebook. Oh, <laughs> a little bit. We will do that movie for, oh. for romance at some point. No, let's do The Guardian. <laughs> Kevin Costner. <laughs> Ashton Kutcher. We'll, we, we'll do The Guardian when JC comes back because he loves that movie too. Does he really? Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. I love that movie. Um, I have uncles in the Coast Guard and then this year I, I had an uncle say, that movie was a stinker. I was like, I've been lied to. <laughs> um, back at Al's toy. Uh, nope. Woody nope. quietly starts to leave. Sorry, I went down to the bottom. Yeah. Woody quietly starts to leave when the prospector warns that the same thing could happen to him because he can't stop Andy from growing up. If he goes back, he may be discarded like Jesse, but if he stays in the group, they'll be safe and last forever. A valid point. Thanks, Kelsey Grammer. Thanks, Frazier. Woody decides to listen to the prospector, much to the delight of the other toys. Back at Al's toy barn, though, the gang finds Al sending a fax to Japan before going home to pack for his trip to Tokyo. Which he is not excited about how much that costs. <laughs> no. So is that in the end? 
<laughs> American dollars. <laughs> the group jumps into Al's satchel, <laughs> sure that he'll lead them to Woody. Back in the Buzz Lightyear aisle, the real Buzz is freed himself, and seeing Rex's tail sticking out of the back of Al's satchel follows along a few steps behind. As Buzz exits the store, he knocks over a display, which also contains a box toy of Buzz's archenemy, Zerg. Which, I, as a kid, this got me. Yeah. Because uh, I knew Zerg was bad. He knew he was a bad boy. Because we have now we have a new plot. The toy sees Buzz running off and pursues him. Yes. And that, yes, exactly. Now we have a new plot. And I'll be honest with you, I would be rather be watching the plot with Zerg and Buzz and the toys and the toy story. I want to see them escape the toy story. I don't care about Woody. That's a good movie. That, I would like that movie. Exactly. If you cut the Woody stuff. I would do Escape from the Toy Store. I would haunted love, Toy Store with zombie toys. Wasn't there Toy and Story? Stretch Armstrongs. Weren't there Toy Story episodes on like NBC or ABC during Halloween where they're like, here's a half hour short Maybe. of them? They did a lot of that stuff. I never yeah. watched them. Um, unfortunately for the toys, Al leaves his bag in the car, so they attempt to enter Al's building using the ventilation system and an opening into the apartment's building's elevator. Eventually, they make it to Al's apartment to find Woody quickly attempting to rescue him, but not before the real Buzz shows up and proves himself to his friends. Okay. Uh, first off, we, we, there's a part that's missing here, and that is when they're driving around and they drive past all the Barbies. Oh, man. <laughs> and then tour guide Barbie jumps in the car, and this scene, I could watch this for an hour. Just, just to, if you look to your left, you will see this. <laughs> it was such a good addition of a much more modern toy. It really was. And honestly, I feel like it was a, it was a better female presence than Jesse was. Because <laughs> nobody gave a shit about Jesse, but everybody knows who Barbie is. Yeah. Barbie's the every woman. She can be anything. You got two. You could have had tour guide Barbie. You could have had a whole bunch of Barbies in their different vocations in a car driving around, going, "We can help you with everything." I can see them being a supporting <laughs> character. I don't think they could be a main character like Jesse, though. No, but she does have a bigger role in Toy Story Three. Jesse? No, Barbie. I forget about that because there's the Barbie and Ken. Oh <laughs> <things>. yeah, <laughs> where Michael Keaton plays Ken. <laughs> forget it. let's forget play fashion show <laughs> oh man Woody then shocks his friends claiming that he actually wants to go to Japan in a near reverse from the first film Woody eagerly talks about the television show that was, con- that was centered on his character which I'm also surprised that, I may have already said this and I'm blanking how does Woody not know he was a part of a show but Buzz it was ingrained in him yeah that's why I don't get either I don't understand and part of it is that I think they got messed up when they made Woody in Toy Story as a modern toy, and then they tried to add a backstory from the 50s in it. What kid is playing with a toy from the 50s? Unless it was like a hand-me-down. Yeah. Dad's not at home. Maybe she's using all the mom's toys. <laughs> it's a spin zone. Yeah, I'll take it. Because we find out later on, there's, there is a rumor that Jesse was actually Andy's mom's toy. Ooh. And that Emily is actually Andy's mom. That's Toy Story 4. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Honestly, it probably is. And part of the linkage to that is in Toy Story, when T- uh, Woody gets lost and Andy says, I've lost my toy, and mom comes in and says, hey, look, I found his hat. She hands him Jesse's hat. But Jesse had a hat, right? Or I guess he could have always bought that And hat. then Gal Gadot stepped in and said, well, there oh are changes gosh. to the script. <laughs> Gal Gadot should be Jesse. <laughs> in Israeli. A southern Israeli. <laughs> 
Is that Pakistan? I don't know. I'm not familiar with geography over there. Um, that Africa? <laughs> um, Woody, you're not a collectible. You're a child plaything. You are a toy. Shit, we're doing the same dialogue. Exclaims Buzz, <laughs> intending to make his friend stay with Andy. But Woody pleads that he is leaving on borrowed time. Living on borrowed time. Any more damage and he could be thrown away. Buzz reminds Woody that he once told him that life was worth living only if you are loved by a kid. And that is why he came to rescue Woody, because he believed those words. When Woody still refuses to go, the others decide to leave him. I don't have a choice, Buzz, <laughs> says Woody. This is my only chance. To do what? To do what, Woody? Asked Buzz. To be looked at from behind glass and never loved again? Some life. You sound like Buzz. Do I? Thank you. A little bit. Um, working on it. Topo <laughs> Um, but after they leave, Woody contemplates what Buzz said and has an episode of Woody's Roundup uh, playing on TV uh, going on in his mind. Woody looks at his boot, scrapes off the paint, which apparently was chalk. <laughs> yep. Um, and now Andy's name is revealed. Woody suddenly has second thoughts, <laughs> goes in the ventilation grate, and yells to Buzz. Buzz! Dude, I wish I could do Tom Hanks' voice. He's got a great voice. Buzz! That's better, that's better than mine. Uh, Wilson! <laughs> then, oh my God, I just figured out something. What's up? Tom Hanks was in Castaway, and his only confidant was Wilson. Tim Allen was on Home Improvement. His confidant was Wilson. Ooh. Mind blown. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, go on. That's uh, one degree to Kevin Bacon. Um <laughs> And uh, so, so this is what happens, though. Woody then says, wait, wait, I'll be right there. I'll be right there. And he turns around, and he's like, Jesse, Buckshot, whatever his name is. You <laughs> bullseye. <get> bullseye. <laughs> you got to come with me. But then they turn around, and they hear some. Uh, they hear metal scraping against metal. Prospector's out of his box. No, no, he tells the prospector to come with him. turns the prospector's box around. Prospector's not in there. Then they hear the scraping. Prospector's closing the grate with his pick. He's Bastard. locking him in there. And they're like, you're out of your box. <laughs> That's Don Knotts' <laughs> cameo. <laughs> you're out of your box? You are in here. Now you're over there. Three's company, too. <laughs> oh, man. But um, the Prospector's anger then comes out. He's a very edgy fella. Which... He spent his entire life in a package, never bought, never loved. He fully <laughs> intends to go to Japan along with Woody, Jesse, and Bullseye. Let me just say, this is when I fell in love with Prospector. Because I was like, there's always that toy that is on the shelf in a set of things, like Star Wars toys, whatever it is, that nobody buys. Mm-hmm. And it's just sitting there. It's like, that's usually one that mom or dad buys or an aunt buys you for your birthday going, well, I know you like Star Wars, you know so I bought you right this. Now? And you're like, what the hell is that? What toy is going through my mind right now? How well do you know me? How old do you? Okay, I don't know. Booster, boost, booster, booster from uh, Jingle All the Way. Oh, okay. <laughs> Nobody wants booster. <laughs> <laughs> All the boosters are for sale. Everyone wants Turbo Man. But this is something I never thought about from the toys' point of view. Is the what is that toy feeling? How was booster feeling? How pissed are they that they have been just shunned by yeah. the masses? Yeah, that's who true, wants man. Stinky Pete? <laughs> yeah, you're right. The uh, the McDonald's Beanie Baby, if you <laughs> yes. will. Yes. Um, Woody's f- wait. 
Yeah. Woody's friends attempt to open the grate, but haven't succeeded by the time Al returns to take the gang to Tokyo. The rescuers head back down the ventilation shaft towards the elevator, only to encounter Zerg. Dun, dun, dun. The toy that was freed when the toys left Al's <laughs> toy barn. The duplicate buzz <laughs> faces off against Zerg, but soon is shocked when the evil ruler proclaims that Buzz is the father. And no, attempts, he, he like, is Buzz's father. He is, sorry, he is Buzz's father and attempts to destroy him. Rex saves the day when he accidentally spins around out of like cowardly terror and knocks Zerg off of the elevator down the shaft, defeating him with his tail. I give you Star Wars, everyone. <laughs> I can't watch. Turns it's, around and knocks him down the shaft. This is precisely the plot of Star Wars. Empire, you find out Darth Vader is the father, and how do you kill the Emperor? You throw him down a shaft. <laughs> Gosh, what a great scene. And this, like that, that one was for the parents. Yes, very much so. The whole scene so. was for the parents. Um, as the group makes their way to the lobby, they're unable to get Al's, into Al's car before he drives away. They, quote, borrow a Pizza Planet <laughs> delivery truck that is running nearby. And a fun, very funny scene. Yes. The duplicate buzz stays behind because I'm going to have a catch with my dad. <laughs> <laughs> so Zerg's shooting little balls out of his like gun, and duplicate buzz is running around chasing him. A very just dumb but funny scene. <laughs> um, this is kind of where it gets like the movie gets much funnier, right? Yes. Now. After the have a catch with my dad. It's wait. It this scene is in the same movie as when she was loved. Yeah. <laughs> That's really funny. Then followed by this car chasing scene, which is really funny. It's brilliant because like Ham takes the uh, stick shift. Who like Rex is on the gas. Buzz is steering. And yeah, Rex a- can't grab the wheel because his arms yeah. are too short. <laughs> Mr. Potato Head saves the three aliens that are above the rearview mirror, and they're like, you have saved us. We are eternally grateful. And Great. Then, yeah. Um, but the group makes it to the Tri-County Airport and manages to get after a ridiculous car ride. It manages to get in the baggage area because there are numerous cases like Al's. The group splits up. Buzz is eventually able to find the right one, but not before the prospector pops out and punches him away. What the hell? Yeah, got physical. Woody faces off to fight the prospector, but not before the angry toy uses his pickaxe to rip the stitching on Woody's arm. A pretty clever and dark move yes. as a kid. Uh, the prospector f- promises to f- the further dismemberment. Ooh, that was a big word I got through. Um, unless Woody complies and returns to the suitcase. Pretty much saying, I will cut you. Yeah. <laughs> I will chop you up. Shake okay. you. <laughs> uh, Fargo. Uh, but the plan is foiled when the rest of the group arrives. As Buzz holds the prospector aloft, he rants that, chil- that children's toys, he rants that children destroy toys and that someday they'll be tossed out and forgotten, rotting away in a landfill. Woody soon decides that the prospector could benefit from a little playtime, and the gang, gang shoves him into the little girl's backpack, into a little girl's backpack. Upon receiving her backpack, the girl declares that the prospector needs a makeover. <laughs> and she turns her head. There's, the bar- there's a Barbie in there with her. Graffiti all over her face. She's an artist. Because <laughs> he gets stuffed in a pouch with a Barbie Yeah, that's looking the other way. And she's like, oh, just a pretty Barbie. Prospector might have lucked out in the end. Then she turns around. She's got like face <laughs> tattoos like her this Chapman. And she's like, she's an artist. Um, Woody and Jesse make their way back, back in the airport baggage room. Sorry. The 
Package just made a stop. Back in the airport <laughs> baggage room, the gang has successfully freed Bullseye and is unable to get Jesse before the suitcase is sent out on the airplane. Riding on Bullseye, ride like the wind, Bullseye. <laughs> Woody and Buzz <laughs> get, uh, give chase. Uh, with Woody eventually making his way to the airplane, Jesse is pleased that Woody came to rescue her. But this joy soon turns to panic when the baggage doors close and the plane begins to move. Because it can't be just that easy, right? Right. It never is. <laughs> Woody and Jesse make their way out through an opening near the plane's front tires. That's when I learned that tires go up into a plane. <laughs> Woody and Jesse make their way out through the opening and near the plane's tires. Then Woody slips and almost rips his right arm off again. Damn. Rotator cuff. Uh, before Buzz <laughs> appears below, Woody and Jesse manage to swing off the wheel using Woody's pull string and hop aboard Bullseye just as the plane takes off. You need that Tommy John surgery. Yeah. <laughs> as we round towards the end, the next day, Andy returns from cowboy camp and eagerly looks for his toys. They're nearly displayed on. They're neatly displayed on the bed, and there are some new ones. Jesse. Yes. Bullseye. Yep. Buckshot. But not Stinky Pete. Not Stinky Pete. <laughs> he is with Barbie. He's uh, with the Emperor in the, Andy, in the well. <laughs> that's dark. Andy patches up Woody's arm in his own special way, uh, writes his name on the bottom of Jesse and Bullseye's feet, uh, Bullseye on all, a letter on each bottom of each foot, which is funny, because uh, Bullseye doesn't know how to spell it first. It's cute. Oh. Um, Woody is soon overjoyed to see that Wheezy has also been fixed. One of the toys found an extra squeaker at the bottom of the toy box, which I feel like they could have really problem-solved earlier because he's been <laughs> on that shelf for two years. And gleefully, Wheezy breaks into song. And it's Robert Goulet's voice now. <laughs> it is Robert Goulet's yep. voice, isn't it? Nature, Goulet. As the toys are enjoying the performance, Woody and Buzz go over to the nearby window. We're down below Andy, Molly, and their mother. Molly's still pretty young, so it makes me think like there's not a lot of time that's passed between Toy Story no. 1 and 2. And their mother, they're playing in the driveway. Are you, are you worried? Asked Buzz, <laughs> remembering Woody's fears for Andy growing up and throwing away. About Andy? Asked Woody. Nah, it'll be fun while it lasts. I'm proud of you, cowboy, says Buzz. That just turned into <clears throat> uh, coach from Major League. Yeah, he did. <laughs> oh, I'm proud of you, cowboy. Oh, crap. <laughs> I'm proud of you, cowboy, says Buzz, happy that his friend has come to terms with their uncertain future. Besides, says Woody, putting an arm around his friend, when it's all over, I'll have my old pal Buzz Lightyear to keep me company to infinity and beyond. Oh. Ooh, missed that, I think, yesterday. The two join, because I was really excited to watch Stranger Things. Yes. The two join the other toys as Wheezy finishes the song, You've Got a Friend in Me. Um, Goulet. <laughs> Goulet! <laughs> And that's the movie. All right. Well, did the awards get it right? It was nominated for one award. Not three there. I, I, I miswrote it there. One award. And that award was for, I'm going down to it, uh, best original song in Randy Newman for When She Loved Me. Randy Newman wrote the song. Sarah McLaughlin sang the song. Gosh, because, well, you know, I think that Randy Newman's song would have been just as touching if he were singing it. So do I. Like the beginning of Major League when he's singing about Cleveland City of Lights. <laughs> City of Smoky Factories. That alone. That's <laughs> uh, turning to Carl from uh, Body Shop. <laughs> it was nominated, but it didn't win. An uh, Academy Award. I don't know. I guess I'd have to see what it was nominated against. Yeah. Now, at the Golden Globes, 
it was nominated for Best Picture in a Musical Comedy, and it won. Yeah, I think I think the Golden Globe is correct. And it it was against Analyze This, which yes, Toy Story is better. Uh, <laughs> being John Malkovich, which, that's one I still really want to see. Do you have that? I don't. I need to see that. Uh, I might have it on a DVD where I taped it off of TV, and it's, so it's not very good. <laughs> uh, Man on the Moon, the Jim Carrey movie. That's a big one I want to see. Which. That's a tough one. I can't. I don't know if I can think Toy Story 2 is better than Man on the Moon. But I'm so excited for that documentary yeah. to come out. And then Notting Hill, which, okay, Julia, Lewis, Julia uh, Roberts and Hugh, uh, Hugh Grant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So not a whole lot that year. Uh, that was the year of American Beauty. Okay. Which, oh, yeah. I never saw that. Okay. It's phenomenal. Is that uh, Kaiser Sose? Uh, Kevin Spacey, yeah. 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 Uh, shit. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> You should be listening to our podcast for years. Damn you! <laughs> you can edit that out. I, I will. Uh, what did you think after watching this film? <laughs> um, I loved it as a kid. Yeah. I liked it as an adult. Okay, so as you grew up, it fizzled a little bit. A little bit. I mean... Because <sighs> you're not of the age, right? Here's the thing. I'm learning. I watched Mulan, which was one of my favorite Disney movies, oh, a boy. few weeks ago. And it wasn't as good as I remembered it. I watched Toy Story 2. It wasn't as good as I remember it. I watched Emperor's New Groove. It was better. Yeah. Emperor's New Groove is great. Everyone go home and watch Emperor's New Groove right now. <laughs> Do it. It, is, it only gets better over time. David Spade is flawless, as is Patrick Warburton. As Eartha, is John Goodman. John Goodman. Eartha Kit. <laughs> it's an all-star cast yeah, of people okay. that everybody makes fun of. It is phenomenal. <laughs> no cheese, me, no likey. Um, but no, like, I, I was so excited. Like I bought the trilogy. Yeah, I went to went to our friends in McKay's. Oh, the McKay's people! Listen to our podcast and give us free mo- movies. We want we, Black we want swag. Freaking bad guy, Blackhawks <laughs> pieces of crap. Um, no, but it was it was like forty something bucks for the trilogy. I got on Amazon. It was twenty four. So I was I, I got mine on Amazon. Like it was yeah. So I got mine on Blu Ray on Amazon mm. instead of DVD for forty five bucks. Um, breakaway goal, stupid. Freaking Chicago. No one hates you. Um, <laughs> but I was like, I was so excited for Major, for, not Major League 2. Major I League 2? <laughs> I, I was excited for Toy Story 2, and I watched it. I was like, oh, man. It, well, like, I loved it as a kid. It was my favorite one. And this time I was like, it was good. It was good. Yeah. It was an enjoyable movie. It was a good movie. But it wasn't my favorite. Uh, what would you think? Uh, for me, it was all about, listen, I... <sighs> I finished it and I was like, good. It's good. I, it, it, and I'm fucking, I hate the movie, but I recognize how good it is. Yeah. And that's, this is the hard part that I know. JC and I used to battle about this all the time, which is how can it be a good movie if you don't like it? And I can kind of see all the elements in a good movie in this. Yeah. I get it. The animation's fantastic, the, the, the voice acting's fantastic. Uh, the story is really solid all the way through, but something just isn't sitting right with me in this one. And I don't know what it is. And I think part of it, now after seeing the entire group, I can't reflect as to why I didn't like it when I, was in, when I first saw it. But I, can, I know why I didn't like it after seeing Toy Story 3. And it's the same problem that people have with me when I say I like Toy Story 3 better. And they say, no, Toy Story 2 is better. If Toy Story 3 is just Toy Story 2 again. I'm like, yeah, it's better. It's like they took what Toy Story 2 did and they, they figured it out all the way through. Toy Story 2 is like, 
It's a lighter, just fun-loving version of the first. It's not as dense as Toy Story 1. No. It's a sequel. Yeah. And Toy Story 3 is where it kicks you in the feels. Yep. Um, so that's where I was, I was. It's good. It's good. Okay. It's a good our, movie. On our next segment titled Top 3, Bottom 3, this is where we pick our top three things we love or scenes we like in this movie, and then we choose three things we dislike about the film and or that we find the weakest. Let's start with the top three. Joel, what are your top three things that you want to highlight in this movie? My number three is uh, stick around after the movie for the fake bloopers. <laughs> fake bloopers are very funny. <laughs> and uh, they're more for the parents. Yes. Number two, I like that there's an external villain in Al and also in the Prospector and for a brief moment in Zerg. Yeah. I like that there are external villains instead of just misfortune based on main character pride. So I like that we're cheering for our characters instead of being mad at our characters for being selfish. I like that, yeah. Um, my number one, Wayne Newman. Wayne Knight. <laughs> you say Wayne Newman? Wayne, I was, <laughs> was going to say Newman Knight. Newman. Um, Wayne Knight is great. Estelle, <laughs> Estelle Harris. Because George, Georgie. <laughs> she was great in this movie. She didn't have a lot of, she didn't have a lot of screen time, but she was great. I'll be honest with you. When it came to the new actors they brought in for voice acting, when I saw who they were, uh, I, you would think of looking at this, you're like, well, Estelle Costanza is the most irritating sound ever. But it turns out it's not for me. I, I peck your angry eyes. She is a great opposite to Mr. Potato Head's yes. Don, Don Rickles. Don Rickles. Who would have thought? <laughs> and even better, the fact that he was praying for a Mr. Mrs. Potato Head, and that's the voice it was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what about you? What's your top three? Okay. I love Stinky Pete's motivation. Uh, a toy who is unpopular in a set. <laughs> that was always the one my parents would get me because we were not well off. We, we worked very hard in our family to get what we could get. We were very appreciative of everything we got. And it's like the Star Wars figures. You ask for R2-D2 and they get you that janky red one that had its head blow up in A New Hope. <laughs> You're like, that's not R2-D2. That's not R2. Uh, and, and I'm sorry, Mom. I know that you would know better. I know You got me R2-D2. I get that. It's the ant. And you know which ant I'm talking about. <laughs> um, number two, the animation ages a hell of a lot better than in the original Toy Story. It is better. It looks really, really solid. And my number one, I like the idea of preserving full sets of toys because I never saw that as a worry for toys. Like you, you always talk, talk to people who are like man childs who have like, you know, uh, different uh, anim, uh, action figures. And they're like, oh, I can't take it out of the box. The toy wants to be played with. It's sitting in the box. Yeah. It's an element that I never thought about. Yeah. And as an honorable mention, tour guide Barbie's <laughs> Freaking hysterical. Tour Guide Barbie is great. <laughs> she's, she is like, she's like, uh, what, are, uh, what are those, can, uh, those uh, fruit snacks that you eat? Where it, She's like a gusher. Where you're like, you got Toy Story, you bite it, and you're like, mm, that's Toy Story. And then all of a sudden it gushes, and you're like, oh, Barbie! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Yeah, that's good. All right, let's move on to the bottom three. Time to vent. Joel. Um, the animation for me, like, mm. it's, it's it's tough. Okay, I agree with you. It's it's better. It's improved. It is improved. But, but I it also it's still older it's animation. Age, age. Yeah. Um. But I do love that this is a, an animation style that Toy Story owns. The computer animation. It's theirs. They yes. own that. Um. Number two, there are parts where power tools make no noise in space, <laughs> but you can hear Sandra Bullock's character grab onto things with like a soft thud. 
Uh, as the point of recording this, I watched Gravity last Wednesday, and that bothered me so much that it earned a spot <laughs> as the number two in another movie. There we go. <laughs> I hate that. That's a first. Why in the another world? Another movie has infringed on this. <laughs> I don't get it. Like they, they have power tools in space, and they're like, yep. <laughs> space, like t- uh, Noise doesn't travel in space. Yep, we get it. And that's great. But there are points where the, she's like, Mm-hmm. Like walking around, and like stuff's whizzing by her head and goes, like, no, no, it, it has sound or it doesn't. <laughs> this is not Star Wars. Make the movie silent or don't. <laughs> um, that's my number two. And my number one, it's just not amazing as I remember. Yeah. Which is always the worst part about watching as a critic now. This is my least favorite part of this internship is when you watch movies like, at, like as someone that's like seeing if they're good or not. And I'm like, I just want to watch it as a kid. You need to stop calling it an internship. You're, you're a partner <laughs> at this point, Joel. <laughs> Just about a year ago, I was like, I'll sit yeah. in on one. <laughs> we canceled your internship after three weeks, if you recall. <laughs> what about you? What are the th- bottom three? My number three, something feels off, and I can't pinpoint it. I don't feel the same as when I watched Toy Story. Uh, and I don't know if it's because Buzz and Woody actually switch roles with 30 minutes left. Buzz is really almost too cutesy nice. Yes. Uh, where Buzz is literally telling Woody all the advice that Woody told Buzz in the first movie. I'm like, you just lifted the same lines to get the other guy in line again. Um, my number two is, how do the toys not know they are important or not know they are with the imposter Buzz Lightyear? Yeah. He's clearly <laughs> different. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty clear. Uh, in my number... Now, in Toy Story 3, they use a very similar element when he goes in Spanish translation and they don't know how to turn him off. <laughs> But again, this is what I go back to when I say that Toy Story 3 is better because they took ideas from Toy Story 2 and they made it work in a way that yeah. made sense in Toy Story 3. And I'm going to save my number one for my rant okay. later. And that is, uh, my number one was I Hate Jesse, or, other, <laughs> or, or rather Joan Cusack as Jesse. Her voice grates me. Jesse. Uh, but my number one is I Hate Prospector and the way he's used. Because... He seems absolutely fine all the way through the movie until there's 20 minutes left. I kind of like that twist, though. But here's the problem. He's disposed of so quickly that it's like, was he even an obstacle? Yeah, you're right. And when people compare Toy Story 3 to this, they say, well... Uh, the bear. Spoiler alert. Yeah, the bear is just Prospector. Big old spoiler Yeah, alert. and he's better because you know he's friggin' evil right away. Who's the voice of that? Uh, oh, you're in a... Oh, God, this is the person I always forget who is. It it is it Robert Barone? That's, that's who should be the voice of that bear. It is not. Uh, Dabra. It was... What's Dabra. His, what was his full name? It was something bear, wasn't it? Bear in the Big Blue House. Yeah. Toy Story 3, it was... I've got it right here. I should have looked that up. Uh, lots of hug. Lots of. Lots of bear. Yeah, but what was the actor's name? Ned Beatty. Ned Beatty? Yeah, Ned Beatty. As soon as you see him, you'd be like, oh, that guy. Yes, I get it. Oh, yeah. There it is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he looks like a bear. Yeah. Uh, so that's my number one, is I feel like they misused Prospector. And in doing so... That's what bothered me about this. Now, before Toy Story 3 came out, this is still the better movie. So I'm like, yes, I, I get it. I did, yeah. And had I seen Toy Story 3, I think, in theaters or like in order, 
I probably would have said it was the best. I think I saw this one on DVD mm-hmm. half-heartedly. Okay. So I'm really excited to watch it next time we do this. So who's the audience for the this movie? Uh, kids. Fans of the first. And I think even fans that want background on the actual story of the toys. Yeah. The toys story. Mm-hmm. Um, and not just uh, the characters. Uh, uh, sorry. The toys. Woody and Buzz. They get background on the characters to Woody and Buzz because it goes into the Buzz video game. Yeah. You get Zerg. You go into the Woody's playhouse or whatever it's called, the Roundup, and you get to know like about them as the toys yeah. and not just as characters. So I, that's what I liked. And um, people that want to know a little bit more about those characters from the first movie, this movie's for them. I, I say it's if you like the first movie and you want a little more advancement uh, story-wise, this is for you. Yeah. But also, very specifically, if you're a parent out there and you've got a child who's about to, and you've got garage sales, and you're about to have a garage sale, and your kid's going to say, hey, I want to get rid of this toy, and you recognize that it's something that you probably should save a little bit longer, that they'll, they'll regret getting rid of, show them this movie. Yeah. Show them this movie, and then allow them to make a choice, because this movie does a great job of doing the, do I throw it away or do I keep it? Uh, movie report card. A, B, C, D, F in the animated feature film genre. Joel. Give us I'm, a grade and some comments that defend your grade. I'm just going to go out and say I'm going to give it an A-. minus. Okay. Because I give Toy Story. I think it's – I enjoy it more than Toy Story, but after watching it a second time, I can't for sure say that it's better than Toy Story. I enjoyed it more. Yeah. Um, but it didn't lose anything. Like, it really didn't lose story. I think it gained in um, uh, depth. I okay. think you have a little more directions in it. I, I like how it's not just Buzz versus Woody. I yeah. think that was perfect for the first movie. It's perfect, and you need that for this movie. Um, but I like how now it's toys looking for toys to rescue them. Mm-hmm. I like that all the voices are still great. They picked up even they they enhanced their voice actors somehow. Oh yeah, um, they're they all Wayne, better. Tom they got Hanks Wayne is better. Knight. If you got Wayne Knight, <laughs> <laughs> you got I, Estelle. I love. I freaking love Newman. I love him in Space Jam. I love him in this. I love him in Jurassic Park. I love him in Seinfeld. He's the best. He has a voice that you wouldn't expect to be distinguishable. He's the most underappreciated actor. I'll say that. Um, But as far as like everything goes, the flow of the movie is great. It's just, it's not a perfect movie. And it's it's like what you're saying. There's something about it that I think that all the threads are there. They're not all tied perfectly. They're all tied. I think all of the threads are tied, but not very tightly. Um, so it does not, you don't walk away from it like you and I walked away from Whiplash where you're just like blown away. You're like, that was a, that was a movie. Like, yeah. I, I forgot what movies were like where you have <laughs> uh, Goodwill Hunting, Whiplash, um, Forrest Gump. We're like, whoa, that was entertaining. That was an amazing story. That was all executed perfectly. Everything in Toy Story 2 was executed very well, mm-hmm. but it was not executed greatly. I don't think it lost anything from Toy Story 1. I think it was more for kids than Toy Story 1. I think the adult was, I think the humor was better for adults than Toy Story 1. Oh, yeah. Um, so, I mean, you really related it better to kids. You related it better to adults, but it's not perfect. So, it's an A minus. Yeah. And it, saying the humor is more adults. The blooper reel is strictly for adults. Yeah, that's great. When you've got Kelsey Grammer proposing to, <laughs> proposing to two Barbies, hey, I can get you a role in this movie if you mind. And then he looks and goes, oh, sorry, the cameras are rolling. That is an adult joke right there. <laughs> you don't make kids aren't going to laugh at that. They no. don't get it. No, they think, oh, he's got two girlfriends. He <laughs> unless they've been keeping up with Weinstein news, <laughs> <laughs> which That's, might which might be dated by the time this podcast airs. So could be, yeah. Uh, 
For me, when it comes to animated features, there's a few things I pay attention to. Story, voice acting, animation, and soundtrack. Now, the story, I'm giving this an A- minus again. They didn't tell the same story as the first movie, a trope that happens with most sequels. Whereas the first movie dealt with dealing with change and friendship, this movie dives into that time in a boy's life when he's in between growing too old for his toys and abandoning them altogether. It then removes Andy from the equation, which is super ballsy to do. You're right. I like what you said earlier about the villain role. They need someone other than feelings this time to overcome. And they still have it with Woody's need to feel like he's wanted as a part of a set and the reveal that he was a celebrity in his former life. But Stinky Pete investigates something that we don't always think about. And that's the toy that nobody wants that is a part of a set. If toys had feelings, this is exactly how I feel they would act. So even when he reveals his plan, I sympathize with him. Buzz Lightyear is highlighted in this film as Tim Allen gets to voice two buzzes and gets to give himself advice he learned the first time around. (laughs) (laughs) It's good, and I like that they tried to add more to the story. It's as good as the first movie, but doesn't really surpass it. So that's why it's an A- minus for the story. Uh, Voice acting, A-. minus. Last time I gave this an A. It was perfect because it was a smaller cast. You expand, you're going to have a little more problem. Uh, This time they added Kelsey Grammer, who I thought was great with Stinky Pete. But they also added Joan Cusack as Jesse. And I'm, I can't stand Joan Cusack. Uh, Kelsey Grammer has a great voice acting voice. He has a radio voice. That's why his, his character in Frasier was a radio, a radio host. Yeah. Uh, so I, I nicked a half a point for Joan Cusack. So, and, and only because... I'm, and here's the thing. I'm going to foregrade something here. And that is in Toy Story 3, I am not going to nick her in Toy Story 3. Because her role is significantly reduced. Yeah. Also, like, where are you going to get a new voice for Jesse? Exactly. You can't do it. She's grandfathered in. Now, the animation, uh, I gave it a C last time for Toy Story. This is a B plus. It is aged better. It is better. Uh, That being said, in about five to ten years, it may be a C also. Uh, I gave the first story a C uh, by 2017 standards. Most everything looks good here. But you can still, you you can see Pixar is still working on how to animate human characters. Everything they'd done at this point, nothing was human. It was planes, cars, bugs, uh, and toys. Uh, So you can see how they're still working on it. It's improved, but it's not quite there yet. That being said, there's a lot more money put into this film, and you can tell by the animation. And my final piece of the soundtrack, what made the first movie great was the all-Randy Newman soundtrack. And although Sarah McLaughlin's song is very touching, it feels out of place from the rest of the songs. That being said, it serves a purpose, which makes the complete soundtrack very good. So we have an A minus, an A minus, a B plus, and an A minus. This gives us an A minus, which is higher. I think I gave Toy Story a B plus. I thought you gave it an A minus. I gave it a B plus. Actually, you gave it an A minus. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Uh, So an A minus for me, it is a better film. But now on to the, if the movie was released on Blu-ray, this is the entertainment factor. Are you entertained? Did you enjoy this? Do you buy it, bin it, stream it, borrow it, or forget about it? Uh, if I had kids right now, I would buy it. Mm-hmm. I would buy them. But for me now, I, I binned it. I mean, I, technically, I bought it new, but I bought it off Amazon, which was cheaper than the alleged bargain bin. <laughs> um, yeah, but, but the case mean, isn't always the right yeah, price. No. Unless y'all maybe throw us a couple gift cards, then yeah, maybe my case is always the right price. Always. Y'all can't see on the radio, but I'm looking in their general direction. Uh, it's that way. Um, but yeah, Bennett, 
Okay. So which is sad because this was always my favorite. This is the one always I would always say like if I bought in you would be two. Yeah. It's uh, not the same as an adult. And for me, I gave this movie an A minus. If these movies are sold separately though, and I wasn't all about being a completionist like I am, I'd probably leave this movie on the shelf. And I'd borrow it from someone if I had to show it to my kids. Yeah. So I'm gonna borrow this. I don't find this an enjoyable movie. I love Toy Story. I love the franchise. Can't stand. In fact, when we were doing Toy Story, there's a reason why I waited till last night to watch this movie. It's because it's excited. like I'm like, do I want to watch Toy Story too? God, I hate this one. <laughs> so strange. I know. I was so excited. I was like, oh. <laughs> I ruined it for you. <laughs> no, no, no. You didn't ruin it. I mean, I was going to figure it out eventually, I guess. But um, I mean, I'm still. From here on out, now that we're done with the podcast, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to do my best to watch it through children's eyes. Yeah. Um, I always enjoyed that. And, and next week is Toy Story. And I think the reason why I like Toy Story 3 more is because it came out much later. And I was an adult at that point. And I understood it at that point. Yeah. So that's why 3 speaks more to me. And we'll talk more about that next week. That's all I got time for today, Movie Planeteers. I hope you enjoyed these retro, retrospective shows from the Movie Playground podcast about Toy Story, Toy Story 2, and Toy Story 3. Our first movie R&R show will release Wednesday, June 13th with Disney's Hercules, followed every Wednesday this month with Jaws and Labyrinth. You can email the Movie Planet using the address movieplanetpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to pass the word on to your friends about the show. Subscribe on iTunes and help the show get on its feet with a four or five star review. Tweet with any questions, comments, theories, and I'll try to fit them into the show next time we're on the air. Send those tweets to at MoviePlanetPod and like us on Facebook and Instagram using the links in the show notes. Special thanks to Twisterium and SoundJ Music for providing our music. Thanks for listening to the Movie Planet Podcast and the Movie Playground Retrospective and happy movie watching. <laughs>